Not the mama, 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 not the mama. You do that one more time and I'm gonna throw you across the room. Hello, welcome to Not the Mama with Auntie Julia. This is our Not Conception Story debut. Thank you so much for listening in. I'm so excited. That was a scene from the classic TV show from my childhood, 1990s Dinosaurs. Um, Weirdly physically violent towards a baby. But anyway, um, it is the inspiration to the title of this podcast. So please just trust that. I I don't need to be told that it's coincidental. It is very deliberate. Um, Anyway, thank you so much for listening in. I'm super pumped. Um, Thank you for supporting all of the numerous intro images I've shared. Uh, We had a bit of a podcast has no clothes situation, um, but we are a real podcast now. It is is happening. It, It is here. So today, I really just want this to be kind of like a welcome, sort of how we came to be. Um, in the future, uh, the sound recording is going to be better. Um, well, I'm going to have guests that are going to be fascinating. So it's not just going to be me chatting. We might even have actual music for an intro, Lil Frex, putting that out there. Um, anyway, uh hang in there, bear with us. We're growing. It's going to be really cool. I'm super excited about this project. Um, I do call it we, because even though I'm the only host, um, it's, I'm definitely not doing it alone. I've already had so much help from my friend, Alex Drake, who's responsible for all of the graphics and the photos. I mean, incredible work. She's a real pro. Um, and I'm so grateful to have her, but also, you know, um, I hope, to have friends help me with my sound issues and also be my guest. So it's definitely a project that's going to be requiring a lot of support from everyone. And I want it to be a community building podcast um, and to create a conversation around this idea that I had. So we are a we. Um, Who am I? Who is Auntie Julia? Well, I am an actual auntie. Um, I've been fortunate enough to... um, the oldest of the children I can uh, that who call me Auntie Julia just turned ten, and um, I'm very fortunate to this year have become an aunt to my sister's daughter. Her name is Freya. I call her Fraby. She's a spiky little redhead and the absolute light of our family. Um, I'm a 33 year old woman. I. I'm cis, hetero, and I'm in a partnership with a man who is cis, hetero. His name is Lane. I call him Lamb Chop, Lammy Chop. You'll get to know him through all those various nicknames. And uh, um, we are not married officially, but luckily he has nieces and a nephew who I love who call me Aunt Julia, and they're my family too. I'm going to talk about them, I'm sure. I'm going to talk about not being married, I'm sure. Um, All of this stuff is going to be very exciting. You'll get to know me so well, hopefully. Um, my day job, I'm a higher education professional who I've worked in that field for 10 years. I also have a graduate degree in communications. Um, yeah, 
hopefully that will come in handy for this podcast. <laughs> um, but to bring up my master's degree, that is kind of, I graduated in 2015. And before I started school, I had run a feminist blog that I did for about four years. I'm not going to get into all of that, but because I kind of let it, well, I had to close it down because with school and working full-time, it was just too much. But I do credit it with sort of awakening um, and building my confidence as a creative. Um, so I'm going to be pulling from themes from that. So if you used to read it, get excited. This is sort of a living version of that. Everybody has a podcast nowadays. Back then, everyone had a blog. I'm just staying with the times. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. Um to start this project and, you know, because since I graduated, I haven't really had much to focus on outside of my own day job, which is great. You know, it's nice to have downtime, but I was definitely craving, um, something to put my passions into and something to kind of fill my time in a way that felt a little bit more meaningful. And this idea to start a podcast about this particular topic came about really because, I don't know how to answer the question, why don't I want to have children? Why don't I want to be a mom? I have no idea. So if you're listening to get that answer today, it's not going to happen. Um, That's kind of the point of the podcast, to explore that a little bit and to also create a discussion around the idea that becoming a parent is a choice that you can make. And especially for women, it's not a requirement. Um, And... I think I've been lucky because that's something that's been on my mind since I was a child. And I'll tell a story a little bit later on about some of those memories and how I started to kind of figure out that this was something I could actually purposefully not to do. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of how we came to be and sort of why this is happening now. Um, I definitely want this to be a community. So uh, we have an email, notthemamapod at gmail.com. I encourage you to send me your ideas, um, questions. Maybe we can do like a question and answer section someday. Um, If you want to be a guest, please, please, please. I definitely need people. I'll figure out how to record, even if you're far away. Um, I definitely want this to be really engaging and eclectic. So, you know, you don't have to be just like me. It it shouldn't be a podcast conversation affirming my specific situation. Um, Some of the people who I have planning, who I'm planning to have on, um, there's all various reasons that they haven't become a parent, you know, and sometimes it's by choice, just like me. And other times it's not really by choice, but then it's kind of living in that situation. So where I've never really seen myself being a mother, I've got friends who will hopefully speak with me for you to listen to who never saw themselves not becoming a mother, but then it just didn't happen. So we're going to talk about all of that, those reasons. So please feel free to reach out if you've got some type of idea or you want to contribute in some way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, All right. So let's get into it a little bit more Um, to go back to kind of my background, because I do think it sort of paints a better picture as to how I'm here and in this moment. Um, I am from Jamestown, New York, and I went to college in Chicago, Illinois. I'm not going to say where because I'm not thrilled with my undergraduate school of choice. Anyway, it provided me lots of great friends and experiences, 
But when I was an undergrad, I really didn't um, spend a lot of time considering what type of life I wanted as an adult or that I could create a community on my own. I sort of just kind of globbed on to the community that had already been created and established for me in my life. So in order to sort of break free from that when I graduated, I moved to Denver for a very short period of time. And that's really when I really started to explore this idea of like who I wanted to be as a grown-up. What did I want to do? Who did I want to surround myself with? That's when I sort of affirmed my feminism and sort of took a step backwards from the um, religious faith-based community that I had been raised in. Um, I certainly haven't excommunicated myself from that community. Obviously, my family's still in it and my closest, dearest friends, but I really did take that time as an opportunity to establish myself on my own terms. So when I moved back to Chicago, I moved in with some girlfriends, and then um, shortly thereafter, I got involved in the Chicago stand-up community. Not as a stand-up. I am not a comedian. I need to say that over and over again, Um, but just as kind of a friend of comedy. I um, went to a bunch of open with my friend who was doing stand-up at the time, and that's kind of what changed my life in a lot of ways. I met um, my closest friends today through stand-up in Chicago. Lane, he's a stand-up. That's how I met him. We've been together for seven years now. Um, And really what I gravitated towards the most, I think, was this idea of living really boldly and taking risks and not knowing what the payoff is going to be at all. So in order to do stand-up, you kind of have to, I don't know, you kind of have to throw away all of these ideas that you once may have had for yourself or maybe you got into stand-up because you never had those ideas for yourself, but you know, you might not work a day job. You... Uh, because you have to work, you know, around the schedule of performing. Um, you might not finish school or go to school. Um, and you might plan to not be in a relationship or have children because stand-up is kind of like the thing that you're focused on. And, um, you know, certainly stand-ups get married, they have kids, they do all of that as well. But it is sort of this art form that doesn't have a lot of guaranteed payoff, even if you become successful. Um, And it is a hard lifestyle because a lot of people outside don't really get it. um, And they don't understand the work that goes into um, succeeding in it either. Um, Because it's a lot of work. People do it for years and years and years just to get kind of okay. Um, So I just feel so lucky to have entered that community. Um, I did storytelling shows, uh, which is different from stand-up. That's more writery performance, I guess. And luckily, because of my stand-up friends, I've been a guest on several different podcasts throughout the years. And I think that's sort of what gave me the audacity to try it out on my own because... They're all doing it. They believe I can be a guest. Why can't I do it? I've learned from them. So yeah, so I think that is kind of an important piece to who I am. And I'm hoping to have a lot of stand-up comedians on, um, friends and people I just know throughout the community, friends of friends. Um, So hopefully that will make this more entertaining as well. (laughs) I mean, 
sometimes I think I can be very funny and entertaining, but not in a stand-up way. So I know this episode is going to be kind of a tricky challenge to get through, to listen to, and I'm trying to keep it as short as possible um, just because it's just me talking at you into the far reaches of the internet community, I guess. Kind of weird. I'm sitting in a room right now just talking to myself, and it's very bizarre. So I cannot wait to have my first guest on (laughs) because it's going to be a lot more fun. Anyway, that's an aside. So let's get back to this idea about not wanting to be a mom and how I kind of came to that conclusion and why I say it's been something that's been on my mind for a really long time. Um, I like to tell a certain story. I wrote about it on my blog back in the day. Um, So... If you were a reader, now you're a listener, this probably is familiar to you. And I tell the story not to um, put down anyone else. And I think that's actually a very important asterisk alert. Um, This podcast is not about setting an other um, or choosing a side that's opposite of parenthood. Um, It's just to create a space to tell the stories of why you wouldn't become a parent. So I do want to stress, I love kids. I love my friends who are moms. I love, you know, the few friends I have who are dads. Um, You know, I think it's not, it's not an argument. It's not um, choosing sides in any way, shape or form. Obviously I couldn't be an auntie if I didn't have friends who wanted to be moms. So I should stress that. So the story is not to set myself in like a position of judgment, but just to kind of set the framework for when I first started realizing that like, oh, being a parent is a choice. It's not something I just have to do. But anyway, so when I was a kid, I think I was probably around seven or eight years old, my neighborhood friend had a birthday party. And the theme was, I think like babies, baby dolls, um, you know, playing house. And I love to play house. I was much more of a baby doll person than I was a Barbie person. And I think it was probably the same year that Lindsay had her birthday party, but I finally got my first non-Cabbage Patch baby doll, which was a huge deal because, you know, Cabbage Patch dolls are cute and nostalgic, but when you're when we were kids at that age, especially like late 80s, early 90s, they were sort of like old, old, old times. There were new technologies with baby dolls that were coming out left and right. And the doll I was gifted that year was called Magic Bottle Baby. Google her. She was super cute. Um, she came with this bottle that um, had batteries in it and it would make sounds. So like if she was sucking on the bottle, it would make a sucking noise. I think it made a burp sound. I think it did make a crying sound. Um, But I loved her so much and I was so excited and proud to have her. So when Lindsay decided to have her birthday theme be baby dolls, I was super excited. And um, I got to the party and Lindsay's mom, who's an expert seamstress sewer, she made every guest as their favorite, their own realistic baby diaper bag. And in the diaper bags came um, real diapers and baby wipes and a baby bottle. Not the fancy ones that they have today, but just a standard regular baby bottle. But it was real. You could actually fill it and feed a baby from it. So we all sat in a circle and we were all excited to get all of our goods out and start playing with our babies. And we all pulled out our baby bottles to feed our baby dolls. And 
everyone in the room as if they just like knew how to do this. They had taken the rubber nipple and they had pushed it into the bottle so that when they fed it to the baby, put it to its mouth, it looked like the nipple was inside the mouth and the baby was actually sucking on it. Well, I didn't take much stock in this, so, or didn't pay much attention to what they were doing, and I just started putting the bottle tip to my baby's mouth without pushing it in. So I think one of them showed me how to do it, not in a mead way or anything, but just like, no, Julia, do it this way. Like, this is how moms do it. And I don't know what about that memory or that moment has stuck out to me so much or, or affected me so much in the time, but I just realized... Oh, I, I literally don't care. Like if it really looks like my baby is feeding from this, like this is just not something I wanted to know. It wasn't, I would, I was just not curious about it, I guess. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, oh yeah, like I don't actually want to feed a baby. I don't want to know that kind of stuff. Like, I don't want to know this. Like, it's just not something I want to think about or care about. And I think that was when I started realizing like, oh, Am I allowed to just not become a mom someday? Do I need to become a mom? Is that allowed? Like, am I allowed to make this decision or this choice? Is that is that even a possibility? And it's not that I didn't have women in my life who weren't moms, because I did. My mom's best friend, who is my sister's namesake, my Aunt Mim, she doesn't have children of her own and just was such an amazing figure to look up to in my life. So I definitely knew it was possible. It's just that I think when you're a kid, and obviously my favorite game is playing house and having a baby doll, up until that point, I hadn't thought much about it. So from then on, I kind of did start to think about it. Now, having said that, I still was a person, and to this day, I'm a person who loves to be around kids. I feel comfortable around them. Um, I definitely don't think you have to like kids to reject parenthood or to make it better, so we'll talk about that later. Um, But um, I, as an adolescent, even continued on the path of like doing stuff with kids. I worked at day camps. I um, went to the YMCA basket or uh, babysitter training. As soon as I was eligible at 12, I started babysitting kids from the neighborhood. Um, I worked at a summer camp, even through college. I loved being a camp counselor. I really, really, really like working with kids. I mean, even now I'm still in a college, you know, so I'm still connected to younger people than me. Um, and so I do appreciate that and I like it. It's just that none of that ever lit this fire that I thought would kind of take off eventually to have kids of my own. And just, it never became part of my plan. And I think as I started to mature and go through my twenties and was making more decisions for myself in my life and surrounding myself with all of these like really interesting people who are choosing to live life on their own terms, to chase their dreams, to be creatives, to, you know, live out whatever it was that they wanted to do. I started to become more affirmed in myself that, oh, yeah, I don't have to have kids. Now, I'm very lucky that Lane and I found each other. He does not want to have children either. Um, That definitely makes it easier for me. But I've been talking about this probably for about, I would say probably eight, nine years now. And um, when I was in my earlier 20s and I would say, yeah, I don't think I want kids, everybody would say to me, you'll change your mind. The clock will start ticking. 
you're too young for that right now. Don't even think about that right now. Oh, of course you're going to have kids. You're so great with kids, of course. And that's kind of why this podcast has come about at this point in my life, I think, because the older that I get, the more affirmed I am in my decision not to have children. Now, the number one thing people like to throw at me when I tell them this is, who's going to take care of you when you're older? Who's going to watch? Who, who's going to be there for you? Well, I definitely think that's a very weird question to ask. I don't even think it should be the top 10 questions when you're talking to somebody about their choice to become a parent or not. Um, the idea that you have a child and then it's responsible for you someday and that's why you have them is just very bizarre to me. I think kids are, you know, babies come into this world as autonomous beings who obviously need your love and care, but I don't think your kids ever owe you anything, no matter what you do for them. Like, sure, like, it would be great if every kid grew up to love its parent forever and ever and, you know, everyone was happy, but that's just not always what happens. And I think that the idea that of having a child because you're afraid that you're going to be alone someday or you don't know what you're going to do when you're old or you might have a regret in life is just not the best reason to do so. So like that's definitely why I want to have my parent friends on because I want to talk to them about, you know, was it a choice to have kids? Did you even think about it? Um, what were the factors? Like why is it that you always knew you wanted to have kids or maybe you thought you didn't want to have kids and then you did have kids. So there's just so many ways of seeing, you know, like taking this conversation and um, expanding the space to be um, that I'm so excited about. So I guess I've kind of gone off on a trajectory there, but um, anyway, Yes, for me, it's just been something that I've always known I don't want, and I, the older I get, the more affirmed I am. I'm not afraid to die alone. <laughs> I, think, I think I'll be able to you know, pay for myself someday, I guess, if I'm old. I don't know. I'm not, I are any of us going to be wealthy enough to even become old? Who knows? Like The world is crazy right now. It's just not a factor in my mind. That's the point that I'm trying to make. So don't ask me that. <laughs> and hopefully we'll have a good discussion with a guest who's been um, asked that before too. And we can kind of dive into that a little bit more. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of my personal origin stories, just the very basics. You'll get to know me better as we go through this project. Um, you know, and the guests I kind of talked about before, but who I'm going to have on, I'm going to have um, creative friends, people like me who have sort of chosen maybe a different route in life that's not so super conventional. And that's not to say that um, mom friends aren't creatives because so many of them are doing so many amazing things. Um, so again, this is not, um, you can be this, but you can't be that kind of a situation. It's all varied and unique, but I just really do want to highlight my friends who have just specifically chosen not to be parents first. Um, I've got some coworkers that I'm going to have on that I'm really excited. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about comedy and, you know, I want to be fun and I want to be funnier, um, and entertaining, but it's going to be kind of sad and dramatic sometimes too. And there might not, you know, it might not be always uplifting, but, um, I still think that's engaging and interesting. So we'll go from there with that. Um, 
So again, if you do want to be on, please, 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 my um, email address is notthemamapod at gmail.com. Send us um, your ideas, your availability, um, and then we'll go from there. Um, And so I also want this, you know, this podcast to be a little bit more dynamic than just like me interviewing someone else or just having a basic conversation. So we will try to like group each episode under a certain theme. So what do I mean by that? Well, we're going to have different topics. Um, I want to talk about, you know, pop culture, how are not parents represented in our favorite movies and TV shows, um, on reality television. I've already got an idea for a whole Real Housewives podcast episode of the not moms in that series. So get ready for it. Um, but I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, right now off the top of my head, the people who I think of first and foremost are Carrie and Samantha from sex in the city, but that's also because I just watched that. Um, so we'll talk about, you know, how not motherhood is portrayed on different series in different ways, different books, things like that. Um, We're going to get into politics a bit, for sure. I should definitely say that one of the themes and the overarching values of this podcast is that we are unapologetically pro-choice. Sorry, not sorry, if you have a problem with that. Um, I think it's every woman's right to be able to choose what she wants for herself um, under the direction of her doctor or with the advice of her doctor. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, I might not like your decision to not, you know, carry your pregnancy to term or your reason for it, but you definitely are allowed to do it. I don't think anybody should become a parent if they don't want to be a parent. Um, and I full heartedly agree with that. I'm very, very liberal on that, very progressive. So, um, just be forewarned. Um, but also in addition to not, I mean, not just that type of politics, but, the overarching politics of parenting in general and where that puts people like me who don't have kids. Um, This is kind of a newer idea I've had because recently in New York City there was a PTA meeting that kind of went viral, I guess, in the city because um, some of the Upper West Side white parents who had heavily invested in tutoring for their children to get them into some of the better public schools through the city were a little pissed by the new, oh, not a little pissed, they were a lot pissed, uh, the new uh, chancellor of New York City schools plan to diversify the selection process for those specialized schools. And it got me thinking, like, you know, these parents were so mad. And, you know, in New York, we all pride ourselves as being liberal. But I don't think we're always that progressive. And probably especially so when it's personal things like raising your own child and your financial um, investments that you've made on their behalf. And it got me thinking, like, oh, I should be more a part of this conversation because I want to be part of the desegregation of the public school system in New York. You know, I think that white people don't always realize that that's our responsibility to be a part of that process and to push for that change and not just um, the people of color who have children who are being held back because of unfair practices. 
Um, and it got me realizing like, you know, I've all along, I've just deferred to the judgment of parents as far as the school systems and what's best for the next generations who will be in charge of our society. And I started to think like, oh, well, I don't have like the, like a kid that I'm personally invested in, personally worried about, you know, mucking up my, you know, understanding of the problems of our society and the white supremacy that's happening. So maybe I should be in directly speaking to that and being more involved. So that's something, I mean, listen, I'm not being very articulate right now, which is not great for a podcast host, but we'll get better as we go along. But it was an idea that I had that I was very excited by. So that's something I want to be more purposeful on. So we're going to do an episode or two about you know, how do, how do not parents get involved in child things? You know, how do we participate in that conversation, um, without being inappropriate or, um, you know, not well-versed on the subject. Um, so I'm excited about that. Obviously the financial implications of having a child, um, you know, millennial trends, now we're all in debt from our education. Well, not all of us, but I'm I'm one of them. And I just can't fathom the financial responsibility a child would be in my life right now and what that would mean for my life. Um, so we'll talk kind of about those things, uh, finances, all of that. Um, and then just general life goals and dreams. Like, you know, I know you gain a lot from having kids in your life, obviously, but you also kind of give up a lot too. And is it selfish to not want to do that? I don't think that it is. And I also don't define having it all as literally having it all. I think leisure time is really important to me personally. And um, that's just kind of how I am. I get that I would probably be a great mom maybe, but I don't know. I might be too tired and I might not really like it. And I don't really want to give up my alone time and my freedom to do whatever I want whenever I want. I've got two cats and that's already kind of a burden. I'd never know what to do with them when we go on vacation. Um, who's going to watch them. So I can't imagine having a kid that I can't leave in a room with some water for a couple days. <laughs> and I don't leave my cats alone like that, but I'm just saying, you know, pets are not children. I will also do a whole episode on that, but I would like to say right now for the record that kids are not pets. So think about it more, but anyway, <laughs> tangents, tangents, you'll see. Lots to discuss, lots to talk about. Um, going back to the millennial point, um, more and more of us are choosing not to have kids. Um, the trend now is that I guess we're at um, the lowest birth rate in the U.S. since 1987, and it's down even amongst uh, 30-year-old women. So that's kind of interesting, and I definitely want to talk about that. Um, and as we get into these things, I'm going to have links to articles that we reference so that you can go back to it. There will be little blog blurbs on my website, um, which is notthemamapod at, or .com. So uh, it's still being built right now, but it will be coming soon. So yeah, 
I'm pretty excited, and I hope you are too. I hope you were able to get through this, um, even though it's very rough and not too dynamic. Um, I hope my ums didn't annoy you too much. Please come back when I have a guest. It's going to be even better, I promise. But anyway, I'm super, super grateful for all the support I've received so far, and um, I'm super excited for what's to come. So hang in there with me. We're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. And until next time, I've been Auntie Julia with Not The Mama, and I look forward to having a discussion with you in the future. Thanks. Bye.